for 11 months of the year. Kiki happily does a Disney podcast with her good friend Tuesday. But for one month... Ho, 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 no. It's a holiday extravaganza! Happy holidays, Kiki. Happy holidays, Tuesday. Our Christmas episode is here. Thanks to a certain wall crawler. We're only doing one Christmas episode this year, which uh, relieves you because you're usually not into the Christmas specials. Yeah, not not so much. But we got something good, something that I know that you will like. The Muppets. Know you love you some Muppets. Yeah, my cousin asked on on Facebook the other day, if you could remove a Christmas movie from existence, what would it be? And my answer was, all the ones that don't have Muppets in them. <laughs> The ones with Muppets can stay. All the rest, get out. And there are quite a few Muppet Christmas specials. And uh, we are going with a a recent addition to Disney+. Plus, and that is a Muppets Christmas Letters to Santa. And apparently you had never heard of this because when this got announced, you thought this was a brand new thing. Yeah, and then when I did the rewatch, it turns out that I had seen this when it came out because once I was doing the rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this. And it just I didn't remember the the title of it. Mm. So it was one of those things that once I actually started watching it, I was like, oh, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is from 2008, which is right after Disney had fully acquired the Muppet as a whole but this did not air on a disney-owned network this aired on nbc which i assume was some sort of leftover contract from years past hey you owe us a couple of these tv specials of things yeah it was it was very much a a legacy thing i feel it still has that pre-disney muppet feel to it yeah yeah it sits right in that spot of Jim is gone, Disney isn't here yet, and we're all still in that phase of not quite knowing where we're at with this thing. But it's very late in the process for that. Because like you said, this is 2008. And it would be a few years before uh, Jason Siegel would make his movie, and that would really start the resurgence of the Muppets. Yeah, so this is in the... Do we call it the Muppet Dark Age? I guess. I, I don't really know what to call this period. Because there was good stuff coming out. Yeah. You know, I mean, this this is still the, the you know, Muppet Treasure Island and the Muppet Christmas Carol era. Uh, so there's good stuff being made. And by the same people who made this. Yeah. Um, this is yet another Kirk Thatcher joint. Yeah, Kirk Thatcher, who's done so many Muppet projects, including the most recent uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion. Yeah, which uh, we we need to get around to that. <laughs> Maybe for next Halloween. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you hadn't seen it, we did we did talk about our our thoughts on it, but that that was a good one. Really, really looking forward to more like that. And uh, we've talked about it before that uh, Kirk Thatcher knows what he's doing with the Muppets. So this is another one by him. Uh, um, and we've got Paul Williams back. Yeah, doing. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of original songs in this special, all written by Paul Williams. Uh, the only non-original song would be the opening song, which is just Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the version by the Crystals. And Paul Williams involved in the screenplay and story as well. And actually has a, gets a cameo in this movie. Yeah, a really, really funny and interesting cameo. So, I mean, we've got Muppet legends behind the, the scenes as well. This is not 
one of their better remembered projects, but it's also not kind of uh, a throwaway behind the scenes. This is really weird in the version that's on Disney Plus is 45 minutes, which apparently was the original television airing because there's even parts where you can tell what commercials are inserted. But there is an extended version. Now, Wikipedia lists it as 80 minutes. But Thatcher has said that uh, this is wrong. There is an extended version of the film, but it's only 55 minutes, and that's on the Blu-ray. Uh, uh, I don't know why they didn't just upload the extended version onto Disney+. Plus. Ten minutes can't beat that big of a deal. I don't know. There, there are bits of this that come from another special that they were intending to produce and they never did so they took part of the plot and shoehorned it into this it was going to be an election special for that year because this came out in 2008 and they were going to do an election special called the muppets run for president Gonzo for president. Uh, there's not too much that still is known about it, um, at least kind of publicly. But apparently some parts of that special were, at least the script of it, were taken and used in this. But it's never really been told which bits ended up in this i highly doubt santa claus was involved i i doubt it too but i think maybe the the fact that they're all in new york or something may, yeah is probably the bits that were used um maybe some of the jokes the fact that the new york mayor at the time shows up for cameos and, and i was stuff gonna like mention that. that yeah but it is kind of interesting that they're cribbing from other projects that they never got to make. You've mentioned the mayor. That was uh, Mike Bloomberg, who was the mayor of New York at the time. And, you know, you, you can't have a Muppet special without your celebrity cameos. You've got Whoopi Goldberg. you got Nathan Lane. My own critique about it is you get Nathan Lane, who is a Broadway legend in a musical special, and you don't have him sing. What's up with that? Yeah, I, I don't know either, but whatever. Speaking of Broadway legends who do actually sing in this, you've got Jesse Martin. Yeah, Jesse showing Martin. Showing up for a whole musical number there at the beginning. Yeah, Jesse Martin. Uh, recent fans might know him for his role on The Flash, but of course got his start on Broadway, Rent. Yeah. Yeah, one of the original cast members of Rent. Yeah. You got Uma Thurman. Uh, showing up at one point uh, in a... I mean, I mean, she did sing in The Producers. I don't know if you wanted to have her sing in this one or not. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really sing in this, but uh, she does have a very adorable uh, bit uh, as Joy, the airline hostess for uh, North Pole Airlines. I mean, uh, if, if, if there's any woman for, for Pepe to simp on, it's going to be Uma Thurman. Yeah, Pepe immediately goes creepy with it. That is a whole through line there. But uh, Jane Krakowski shows up as well as the, the mom of the little girl. Richard Griffiths, uh, who people will remember as... Uh, the the uncle from the the Harry Potter movies probably best shows up as Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about that Paul Williams cameo. Paul Williams shows up as Santa's main elf. At least Paul Williams can have a joke at his own height. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Paul Williams has always had that sense of humor about himself, but uh, not the first time. Of course, that Paul Williams has been on screen with the Muppets. I mean, he did show up on the Muppet Show. The man wrote Rainbow Connection. Yeah, I mean that alone gets him into the pantheon of people you gotta love. So, 
the I I think that I think as far as cameos in this goes, the the Nathan Lane one is is my my favorite because he's just the the TSA guy that goes way too far with it. Kind of dating this special because we get two actors from The Sopranos totally not playing their characters from the Sopranos. No, 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 we're not. No, we got to keep this copyright free, even though Swedish Chef calls one Polly. Both of them get listed uh, in the, the credits and on IMDb as just mobsters. <laughs> but yeah, Steve Sharippa and Tony Sirico, I think that's how you pronounce his name. They show up and uh, do and their yellow. little, their little, this one is for the adults watching. Because hopefully you're not letting your, your children watch Sopranos. Let's kind of the plot in this one is very thin in that it's Christmas Eve. The Muppets are sending all of their letters on Christmas Eve. That is a bad idea. Your letters are never going to get there if you mail on Christmas Eve. Why are you mailing on Christmas Eve? <laughs> but they mess up and Gonzo still has the letter to Santa by their neighbor Claire. And since it's Christmas Eve and now the post office is closed, the Muppets have to travel to the North Pole to deliver Claire's letter to Santa Claus personally, and hijinks ensue. Yeah, the the other part of the plot is that Claire and her mom are going to be basically the only people left in the building for Christmas because uh, the Muppets are all of their neighbors and the muppets are all going on vacation different vacations like kermit and miss piggy are gonna go to some caribbean island because miss piggy wants to go get in a bikini and suntan or something he's a caribbean amphibian he likes to hop in the tropical sea caribbean amphibian a frog in the coconut tree I think Gonzo and Camilla are supposed to go somewhere, and Electric Mayhem are going in their own place. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Every Muppet. everybody's got to go somewhere, and Claire Kermit. and her mom are gonna be alone. And Claire is very sad because she wants to be with her friends for Christmas. And Claire's mom is happy because she doesn't like the Muppets. Yeah, Claire's mom is like, "Yay, there will be no hijinks for Christmas." <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's two plots going on here is we've got to get Claire's letter to the North Pole and also this little girl is going to be very sad because she's going to be all alone except for her mom on Christmas. I must give this movie a little bit of credit because we have a, 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 a biracial family because we have the white mom with the black daughter. It is that we never see the dad, so mm. we don't know if there is a dad or, you know, if it's, like, a divorce situation or if the dad is, like, Gone. in the military or if it's an adoption or, you know. Uh, and, they and they never make it, they, they never spotlight it. They just say. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's complete non-issue. It's just, this is a mom, this is her daughter, end of story, which I like. Yeah. Because it's none of our business. So, and they come up with different ideas. Uh, my favorite of the wacky Muppet hijinks is our appearance of Bunsen and Beaker. Bunsen has invented a wish-granting machine that will grant any wish. All you have to do is think of it, puts it on Beaker, and Beaker wishes for a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah, there, there is um, a supermodel or whatever i guess i love how bunsen is like okay beaker wish this woman back home we, we we don't need this 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 beautiful woman here we need to get to north pole and beaker is like screw that i'm going to get me some and then wishes himself and the beautiful woman away yeah the kind of interesting thing though about this film is that this is mostly gonzo's story yeah, yeah, I want I was going to mention that most of this era of the Muppets was really centered on Gonzo. Even the most recent one with uh the Muppet uh, the Muppet Haunted Mansion. And I think a lot of that has to do with 
with Dave Gold because he is the last of the original Muppeteers. Well, the last one that is that is still actively performing with the Muppets. Yeah, Frank Oz has caught on to do his own thing, but Dave Goals is kind of the last the last man standing of the original Muppeteers still working with the Muppets. And since he has that experience, you know, uh, elder statesman, as it were, I guess a lot of writers feel like let's let's center this around Gonzo. And a lot of our f- circle of friends have always identified with Gonzo because he was always the weirdo. As the as in in several stories, he's always referred to as a weirdo. And a lot of our circle of friends, even us, have had felt like we were the weird one. And if you're the weird one among the Muppets, that says a lot. Yeah, and the interesting thing is is that you really love Gonzo's spirit in this because usually Kermit is the the one who is the bringer together of the Muppets. He's the default leader of the Muppets. And he's always coming up with the ideas and the plans and Yeah, if someone if someone is going to, you know, have a have a plan, get the Muppets together, do the thing, it's gonna be Kermit. And in this special, it's not. They they realize what a difficult task getting this letter to Santa will be. And Kermit's kind of like, well, sucks for that kid. I've got to go off to an island beach for Christmas with my girlfriend. See ya. Which is so out of character for Kermit. It is a little bit. I mean, it it's very in character for Kermit of the time that he's very, you know, Miss Piggy shows up and she's like, you are not doing this. And Kermit's kind of like, okay, I'm not doing this. That That's Again, a little more in character. But it, it is in character for Piggy. Yeah, it's very in character for Piggy, but Kermit just kind of goes along with it. He's like, yes, dear. But that's why they broke up. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was never really a good relationship. But Gonzo is the one who puts his foot down and is like, I do not care if everybody else abandons this project. I am going to see this through. And he's the one that gets the song. Yeah. He's, about it. Yeah, open your heart, let's do this. And it reaches Kermit and Fozzie and yeah, they're all in, you know, they're going to help Gonzo do this. Yeah, it's all about heart is the name of the song, and it is really cute, and he gets Fozzie and Kermit and Rizzo and Pepe. Okay, let's, let's, let's put this here. Pepe and Rizzo are going there because they want to see these three fail. Well, yeah, that's true, but... The other, the other two are are swayed by the emotion of the song. Gonzo is the emotional core of this instead of Kermit for once, which is what I find compelling about this special. Even at the beginning of the special, they they show that Claire and Gonzo are like the closest of friends, at least as far as the special is concerned. Because once they get back from the the, the post office. Claire immediately goes to Gonzo and saying, hey, did you deliver my letter? I said, yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, and then, you know, so it's, it's, it's implied in this special that, you know, these two are, are close, or at least a close a little girl and a Muppet whatever can be. From Gonzo's point of view, he let his friend down, and he's, and he's going to do whatever it takes to make it right. It's a nice thing coming, in, especially in this kind of a, a special. You know, you've got this character, you know, Gonzo, who... Yes, he's a weirdo. Yes, he's a he whatever. goes through all he's a whatever, yeah. But but Gonzo has this big heart and is really showing showed off in this special. He really cares about Claire. He wants to make sure he doesn't let Claire down and make sure Claire gets what she wants for Christmas. And so yeah, he's going to do whatever even if the other Muppets bailed on him, he was he was gonna try to make it work by himself, which would have been a very interesting special if they had gone in that direction of just Gonzo on his own. 
But it wouldn't have made, you know, the, the it wouldn't have made Kermit look any good. So they got to put Kermit and Posse in there. Yeah. Well, it would have been out of character for them to completely abandon it. They can forget themselves for a minute or two, but for them to completely abandon it would not be keeping in character for them. Um, but, you know, they need to go to the North Pole, so they find a flight and they meet up with Uma Thurman and Pepe is immediately a skeeve about it. Uma Thurman is still pretty good looking, but yeah, Pepe, ease off on the perving. Well, there, there's, you know, there's a a good-looking person, and there's, Pepe, you're only getting away with this because you're a Muppet, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. We do get a bit another dated reference as uh, Pepe has a Blackberry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a funny scene where he has, like, five different cell phones, a Blackberry, a Raspberry, a Blueberry, and a Halle Berry. Yeah. The man carries around a framed picture of Halle Berry and then was just perving on Uma Thurman. Well, you know, like you do. Like you do. So anyway, we get to uh, Nathan Lane as a TSA officer who is just, I don't like the look of them Muppets. I'm going to make their life a living hell. Well, Gonzo does get on the x-ray machine conveyor belt. I like his explanation. I haven't been to the doctor in a while. I don't, that's a cheap way to get your 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 x-rays looked at. I, I will say I felt for Gonzo in that moment because I have considered that once or twice. <laughs> like, could they maybe just scan? Like, would that work? I mean, I've seen x-ray machines for luggage. Uh, I used to work at an airline. So I've seen like the really big x-ray machines where they put multiple bags at once. So, like a person could fit in one of those. So if you wanted to, you could probably get in there. I don't know if you'd be able to survive once you get out, but you know, you could fit in there. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thought. Then again, Gonzo's a Muppet, so he can probably survive anything. I mean, it's, it's canon that he's an alien, so he, you know, who knows? They've kind of walked that back. It's one of those things now of, you know, how some things, like the the thing about uh, Kermit and Piggy getting married. Yeah. Is now officially. That was a movie that never That happened. was a movie they were making, and that wasn't a real thing that happened in the lives of the Muppets. Like, sometimes they're characters and things happen in their real life and sometimes they're actors in a movie it depends on what piece of media they want to consider canon these days yeah and so uh whether or not gonzo is an alien keeps going back and forth between that was gonzo acting in a movie in which he played an alien and I think that's the current Disney line, is that Muppets from Space was a movie that the Muppets made in which Gonzo played an alien. Uh, the current Disney canon goes, the Muppet movie, the Muppet show, everything else was a movie, then 2011 Muppets, and then the Muppets ABC, ABC show. Yeah. Okay, Nathan Lane just, he doesn't like the way the Muppets look, he wants to detain them and... He's, you know, being a complete, a complete Richard to them just because, because, you know, TSA has never taken a person into a room based on the way they look. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Subtle commentary, subtle commentary. So Nathan Lane, he takes the Muppets into, into the interrogation room and just berates them for the fact that, oh, we're going to the North Pole to see Santa Claus. And at first, because throughout this entire special, Pepe and Rizzo are making fun of Gonzo because he still believes in Santa Claus, saying Santa which, is... A which is, like, really interesting 
at a TV special that is aimed for kids. Yeah. The Muppets were not always aimed at kids. The Mupp- We've talked about this before. The Muppets were for adults that kids could watch. The first Muppets television special was called Sex and Violence. Yeah, I mean, but this, by the time of this special, the Muppets were... Family friendly, I guess. We well, for families with adult jokes. Yeah. Um, but for something that they're assuming at this point is primarily going to be aimed at children to just have a whole subplot of Santa Claus is not real is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like, they make fun of Gonzo and Fozzie and Kermit for believing in Santa Claus. Like, Santa isn't real. You know, even make, even when they try to figure out, oh, maybe we can email Santa Claus. Yeah. Fat man at I don't exist dot com. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, it is. it's 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 kind of brutal. But somehow in character for Pepe. Not so much Rizzo, but definitely Pepe. Yeah. So any, yeah, so anyway, they're in the interrogation room. The Nathan Lane makes fun of them for believing in Santa Claus and saying that he stopped believing in Santa Claus because Santa never gave him the tricycle he wanted when he was a kid. Because he was bully. A bully growing up to be a figure of authority. That doesn't happen in real life. No. And it's sort of a sped up version of the Grinch story. Because over the course of this five minute scene. He goes through the whole heart grows three sizes bit. Because these, these Muppets want to deliver this little girl's letter to Santa Claus. And, like, in this whole five-minute scene where he bears his soul and saying, Santa never gave me that that tricycle when I was a kid. And, oh, it's not too late to, to, to be a good person. Get on that plane! Wow, you, you must have really only had Nathan Lane for, like, one day. You want to spend yeah. <laughs> but it's a nice scene. I mean, if anything, it feels like a parody of a Christmas movie in that five minutes. Yeah, they they really did speed run character development in this one scene, but it is a cute moment, and it is my favorite of the celebrity cameos. And uh, as you said, you would you would you know a lot of celebrities come in and they do their cameo and they kind of phone it in, but Nathan Lane just kind of gives it his all in this one little scene. And 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 they go through the whole gambit of, of kind of just like these Muppets rubbing me the wrong way and. There's the uh, the bear rubbing, uh, giving him a hand rub. Like, what are you doing? I'm rubbing you the right way. He's creepy, <laughs> but okay. Is that a, like um, this thing is a children's special? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, the they're able to get out of the interrogation room, but they ended up missing the flight by just that much, and as. As someone, I, I've worked in an airport, seeing that happen to people where they arrive just as that door is closing, you see the pain in their faces. And they're like, oh, I feel you, Muppets. I feel you. I've, I've, never, I've never actually missed a flight, but I came very close once because the person who was giving me a ride to the airport was late. And... I, I was like, if we, if, if I miss my flight, I will end you. Hmm. And I, like, I had, I had paid for the checked bag and any, and everything. And I was fortunate enough that the bag I intended to check was small enough that I could carry it on. And I'm going through the TSA and I'm like, just throw that away. Throw that away. I don't even care. Like, just get me on my plane. <laughs> so I ended up just throwing away a bunch of items that couldn't be in, in carry-on. But I was like, I don't care. I will replace it on the other end. Just get me on my 
flight and I barely made it. I made it like I was the last person aboard, but I made it before they closed the door. So that was the closest I ever made it. I texted from the plane. I was like, you get to live. (laughs) And so, yeah. So uh, Joy, the, uh, the attendant who just pops up everywhere in this movie, uh, is gets an idea to get them on the plane, as in literally on the plane, as in there's a scene of them grabbing the wing of the plane as it's taking off. They really missed a a trick here where they just needed somebody to do a Shatner-esque there's a, there's a thing on the wing cameo, and it's just <laughs> Gonzo as the gremlin <laughs> on on the wing you know like hi was john lithgow busy <laughs> yeah i don't know what was john lithgow doing at the time he could have could have redone that scene so how was your trip sir horrifying at first i looked out the window and i saw something on the wing of the plane <laughs> the same thing happened to me <laughs> I understand this is a TV special, but that was not a very good looking CG plane. <laughs> yeah, they 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 did not have a a great budget for their uh, their effects here for this scene with the them on the wing of the plane, and then the like I think we're over the North Pole now. Three, two, one, jump! Ah, you know, and they're falling through the the blue screen sky and yeah falling into the snow and but you know they make it to the north pole and they meet uh paul williams <laughs> paul williams as an elf and they're just too late as santa has just left for his nightly ride so they yeah. missed him by a moment missed it by that much which is it kind of breaks gonzo yeah in that moment. poor gonzo like, like he did all of this just for Claire, and right at the last second, he, because he was just a few seconds late, he misses Santa. He misses his chance to keep his promise. And there's a nice, beautiful song here, I Wish I Could Be Santa Claus, which, you know, it's it, it shows more of, of, of Gonzo's heart, you know? You know, I, I would have the world and give it all away and all that stuff, and it's a very beautiful song. It was nominated for an Emmy, huh. and it lost <laughs> to uh, Hugh Hugh Jackman's opening number from the uh, Oscars for the, for that year. How come comical movies never get nominated? How can a billion dollars be unsophisticated? It, it is it is a nice little little sweet song that they all sing about. You know the the power of giving and yeah, and yes, that's what the holidays are all about. You know, giving yeah. love. You know, opening your heart and and giving through love. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily material things, but just this whole thing is about Gonzo going out of his way. I mean, Gonzo and his friends, of course, but specifically Gonzo, going out of his way to do something nice for his his friend. Yeah. Um, and to correct a mistake. A mistake he caused. Yeah, it was it was his mistake. So he's trying to correct a mistake. Yeah, uh, so- he didn't mean to do it, but you know, he's he's trying to to make it up. Uh, to his friend there, yeah. um, which is not, it's not a material thing. It's not something he bought or, or anything, but it's, you know, Gonzo screwed up and now he's trying to make it better, even though it's very difficult to do, uh, which is a good lesson Yeah. for, for everybody. Um, and, and the power of this song is so great and so heartfelt that Santa turns around and just shows up. See, I heard your song and I can't let someone be this sad on Christmas. Oh, Santa, there are so many sad people on Christmas, but this but this one whatever gets to, you know. 
The I'm power not. of the whatever. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, if Santa can't let anybody be sad at Christmas, Santa sucks at his job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they finally meet Santa Claus and they finally discuss what's going on and say, hey, these letters fell in my bag when we were at the post office. We've been trying to send them to you. Can you help us out? I said, yeah, let's read these letters. And the first letter to Santa is from Pepe. Which Pepe, you little scampy, scampy. Yeah, uh, a little scampy, shrimpy, prong person. <laughs> so, yeah, it turns out Pepe does believe in Santa Claus. And he's been, he wanted to send his letter to Santa. And he wishes for, he wishes to become an opera singer. And apparently Santa can do that. As Pepe says, well, I don't know how to sing. Well, you do now. A again, you know, who needs music lessons? It's right alert to Santa. Okay. Well, if I'd have known it was that easy. Right? Yeah. Where's my record contract for that? <laughs> so, the, uh, so, yeah, Pepe is instantly now an opera singer. And they open up the second letter. And it's from Nathan Lane, TSA guy. Who wishes to be off the naughty list. And says well. And so they say hey. We we inter we, uh, we ran into him at the airport. He's actually a pretty nice guy. Maybe you should take him off the naughty list. Sure I'll take him off the naughty list. And then we flash to the airport. Where Nathan Lane gets his tricycle. Yay tricycle. I, I don't know how he's going to ride the tricycle. But he has it now. And he now, and he now believes in Christmas. Yeah. And finally, the third letter, which is Claire's letter, and all Claire wants for Christmas is to spend it with her friends, the Muppets. You don't need my help for this. Yeah, we can take care of it. Can you drop us off? <laughs> to which Santa agrees, and we, we, we flash to back to New York City. As the Muppets just show back up home in front of Claire's apartment saying, hey, we're here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And Claire gets what she wants for Christmas, which is to spend her her Christmas with the Muppets. Who wouldn't want to spend Christmas with the Muppets? Honestly. I always want to spend Christmas with the Muppets. It's a simplistic wish that this little, you know, this little girl could have asked for anything in the world. But this little girl just wants to spend Christmas with the people that mean the most to her, and in her in her heart, it's 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 her her neighbors, the Muppets. I mean, did she know she could ask to be an opera singer? Because I I think if more people knew that they could just ask right? to. <laughs> I mean, if you can ask to be an opera singer, what else could you ask for? Could yeah. you ask to be a TV star? Could you ask to be you know? Shakespearean actor, get on Broadway? Who knows? Yeah, like, I don't know. Power See, of Santa. I, yeah, I, I, this is making me rethink the, the power of letters to Santa here more than anything else. Dear Santa, get us more listeners for our podcast. <laughs> is it too late to write that letter? <laughs> All right, so How late is the post office open? Quick. You and me... We have to get to North Pole. We got to find Uma Thurman and she'll take us to North Pole. <laughs> Even Piggy comes back. Coming back all the way from the Caribbean. Because she wants to spend Christmas with her Kermie. Yeah. And. That's. It's cute. Yeah. And they sing. My best Christmas yet. Mm -hmm. Another. Another original song. Um, and Claire and her mom get in on the, the song as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the, the Muppets that we have seen so far and a few we haven't, uh, show up for this one. This contains one scene and one gag that, um, gets pointed to a lot especially recently because just this year 
we had the big controversy of the Gonzarella moment in the new Muppet Babies. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, for for those who may not have been following, there was an episode in the new Muppet Babies that has been on Disney Plus, um, where uh, they had a story where Piggy throws a party of print princesses and knights or something like that and all of the the girls were supposed to come as princesses and all of the boys were supposed to come dressed up as knights and gonzo asked to come dressed as a princess and piggy says no you have to come dressed as a knight so gonzo showed up in a mask dressed as a princess gonzarella and at the end of the episode, it's revealed that the masked princess was actually Gonzo because Gonzo felt more comfortable in a dress. And the Muppets learn a lesson that maybe you should let people be who they are and dress how they want. And sometimes it's okay if you don't follow the stereotypes or whatever. Everyone, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. But Gonzo, why didn't Vu tell us? I want to be me. And this, of course, caused a big controversy of, you know, whatever. Anyway. Raising our children's minds. What's next? Big Bird getting a vaccine shot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the next thing. We won't get into that now. Vaccinate your kids. But this caused several people to point out that, well... Gonzo has been a whatever since the beginning and being kind of non-specific of gender has been part of Gonzo's deal since the beginning of the Muppets and since the beginning of Gonzo as a character. But people also pointed out that the Muppets as a franchise has had queer themes in it since the beginning. One of which is Bunsen and Beaker's relationship. Uh, I was wondering if you want to talk about that. Yes. The, there is a scene from the Muppets ABC show that got circled because, because of, uh, of that Glanzarella, where it is implied that Bunsen and Beaker spent the night together. Bunsen and Beaker, why are you wearing each other's clothes? If it happens outside of work, we don't owe him an explanation. The point is, is that there has been a running theme of Bunsen and Beaker having a very interesting and unspecified close relationship for the entirety of The Muppets, all the way back to The Muppet Show. Why, Beaker, you're hauntingly attractive today. <laughs> Okay, Beaker, I see you've dressed like a tourist to make the demonstration more realistic. Very cute. Well, I'm afraid the bucket won't come off, Beaker. But you do look very cute in it. Yeah, there is an entire page on uh, Muppet Wiki. Shout out to Muppet Wiki, by the way. They are infinitely useful whenever we talk about Muppets. But... They have an entire page about Bunsen and Beaker's relationship, and there have been a few people doing um, Muppets and queerness. Uh, shout out to Matt Baum on YouTube, who just recently did an excellent thing a few months ago about Muppets and queerness, um, where he talks about the Bunsen and Beaker relationship. But this special has one of the uh, more interesting moments in it, which is, like we said earlier, uh, Beaker wishes for that... Supermodel hot, girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, hot girlfriend or whatever, and disappears with her, but she's at the party uh, with Claire and her mom at the end, and they're dancing together. Bunsen comes in and asks if he can cut in, and 
the girlfriend kind of says like, oh yeah, and goes to dance with Bunsen and Bunsen instead grabs Beaker and dances off with Beaker and the hot girl is just kind of left there confused. But Beaker seems like Beaker's into yeah, it. Yeah, this is this. Of course, that's what Bunsen meant. You know, like Beaker's flexible. <laughs> yeah, Be- Beaker is just kind of like, yeah, no, of course, that's you know, um, and Bunsen is so thrilled to see Beaker back. I mean, you know, when they show up again, you know, Bunsen is just like, Beaker, you came back, you know, and you know. So um, their relationship has been a running theme that it's they're not just friends like they go on vacations together. They're more than just lab partners. Yeah, it's it's really a kind of cool moment just hidden at the end of this (laughs) this special, which I I love. I mean, it's played for a laugh, but still it's. It kind of works. I mean, again, it's within character of Bunsen that he would want to spend time with with Beaker over anyone else. But it's also in character with Beaker because Beaker is always trying to get Bunsen to give him more credit and, you know, say thank you more and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of imagine them prior to that scene kind of having a fight. And then he just wishes for a girlfriend and, to make and Bunsen jealous. And then he jealous. wishes for a hot girlfriend to kind of make Bunsen jealous. And then is like, oh, well, you know, maybe they were having a fight about what they were going to do for their Christmas plans or whatever. And Beaker's like, okay, well, you know, you're not going to give me my due. I'll, you know wish myself off with a hot girlfriend to make you jealous and then you know but it's not really in seriousness and that kind of wraps up this this little muppet christmas special uh well what yeah, did you but think I, I like well i like the 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 twin uh the twin morals of this special which is that gonzo learns to kind of it's the traditional christmas thing of of giving to others except this is more a gift of service yeah and uh so he he does his kind of act of service for somebody else and then it's the other thing of you know being with your chosen family in this instance yeah is more important than the you know getting away and and all that spending time with loved ones is a key theme of a lot of holiday specials and even the holidays itself it's just for this little girl her loved ones are a frog a pig a bear and whatever (laughs) yeah and bears and pigs and chickens and things, as yeah. as we always say about the Muppets. But uh, I I had kind of forgotten about this one, like we said at the beginning. But rewatching it, it's cute. It's adorable. Um, and I was really shocked by how much I really loved Gonzo's character in this. It's such a good Gonzo piece. He had a great character arc. Like you said, Gonzo messes up at the post office at the beginning of the special, which sets this entire thing in motion. And he he does everything possible to make up for this mistake, going literally halfway around the world just to make this little girl happy. You know, find yourself someone like Gonzo. So, I guess we can ask the question, does A Muppet's Christmas Letters to Santa have the magic kiki? Yeah, I mean, it's it's never going to go down as the greatest Muppets project ever, but it's cute, you know? If you got if you got kids, 
or you're a big Muppets fan, as we are, mm-hmm. yeah, give it a watch. It's it's adorable. For me, I, uh, like you said, this is not one of the best Muppet specials, but even the weakest Muppet projects is still the Muppets, which means it's still going to have that Muppet charm. So I'm going to say it does have some magic. Uh, like I said, really, it's Gonzo's character arc throughout this entire movie that saves this movie. This little one-hour special. Uh, yeah, is, is this going to go down in history as one of the greatest Christmas specials ever? Probably not. Is this going to be on your top ten Muppets, Muppet things? Probably not. But it's still worth a watch. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it or, like me, you don't really remember it, Eh, it's it's worth it's worth an hour of your time. Yeah. So let's move on to next week. So we've got one more episode left in the year. And we thought that we would do the biggest thing for Disney this year. But the question was, what was that? So we went around and we asked some of our faithful listeners, what do you think the biggest thing for the Disney Corporation was in 2021? And we only got one answer in return. So next week, we're doing Loki. (laughs) Yep. Out of all of the Disney projects, all the Disney Plus shows, the most anyone wanted to talk about was Loki. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a visit from the TVA next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, be be prepared because it's, it's going to be spoilers galore. We're just going to give our thoughts on just kind of the entire season as a run through what it means for the next phase of the MCU, what it means for the character in general, just kind of our thoughts on all things Loki, because it seems like that's all y'all wanted us to talk about. (laughs) So you're going to get it next week as we close out the year. So yeah, come back next week for Loki. From us here at the podcast to you, our dear listeners, whatever you celebrate this month, have it be a happy and joyous one. And we will talk to you all next time. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com Special thanks to our friend Ian Bonds for being our holiday announcer. Check out his videos on YouTube at InsaneIan or on Bandcamp at InsaneIan.Bandcamp.com Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.